wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religion trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Moala. I am the pastor of the Paravista and Gola Seventh-day Adventist churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And it is really wonderful to be able to share with you all this evening. This week we are taking as our theme hard sayings and radical teachings of Jesus. And so we're going to kick off a brand new theme for this week. But particularly for today's show, we're going to be asking the question, prayer and the golden rule, are they unique to Christianity? Prayer and the golden rule, are they unique to Christianity? You might be asking right now, what is the golden rule? Well, we're going to unpack that today. Um, in our program this afternoon. And today I have in the studio with me my co-host, uh, my good friend, my brother in Christ, Pastor Joseph Matitich. For those who are regulars, you know Joseph very well. But if you're tuning in for the first time, Pastor Joseph is the General Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Uh, great to be here, William. Excellent. So we are going to have a wonderful time today. And um, I guess we're a bit spoiled, I guess, if you want to put it that way, because um, we have a team that basically each day there is a different uh, team that comes into the studio. But we we get the privilege of kicking off the whole th- the whole theme for the week. That's exactly right. We do. Yeah. So yeah. We, we can, we can say as much as we want, really. And, um, and then the others actually have to then work, work around <laughs> us in a sense. No, not yeah. really, but it's, it's, yeah, it's good to be able to, to always start the week together. Yeah. And look, we have a wonderful team. And if you are a regular to Faith FM, especially during this, this five o'clock time, um, during the week, myself and Pastor Joseph, we take the studio here on a Monday. But let me just whet your appetites for some of the incoming topics that are coming ahead. So tomorrow there is a very important topic. You won't want to miss it. It is, is salvation easy or hard? That's a good, that's a good question. Salvation easy or hard? Uh, later on in the week, we're going to be looking on Wednesday. Is it possible to do good things and still be lost? That's a pretty intriguing topic, there, Pastor Joseph. It is, yeah, because you know the whole religion is based on on being ethical and doing the right things. But that is a very, very well scripted question. Can you do good things and still be lost? So please tune in on Wednesday, Thursday. Our team's going to look at the question: um, Does does Jesus really mean we are to hate our family? And I think that's taken from a, a gospel uh, from the New Testament. There's a f- reference there in the book of Luke where Jesus almost says, comes across as if those have been a little bit anti-family. You know, I think it says something in the lines of whoever um, does not love um, me, uh, I'm messing it up as I'm thinking on the spot, but t- basically saying you better put me before your family, your yes. own you know, your parents, your siblings. He does not hate his brother or mother or father. No, thank yeah. you. That's can, why there's cannot, two of us in the studio. Cannot Joseph. be my disciple, he said. Yeah, it's a yeah. real hard saying that he, yeah. Yep. So, um, my, my, our good brothers, Fabiano and Pastor Ernest, they are both going to share that on Thursday. A little later on in the week on Friday, um, we got, uh, Nick and Tracy going to be in the studio and they're going to be looking at the question, did Jesus really teach cannibalism? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And that is taken from the, 
Gospel of John. It's a beautiful story in the Gospel of John, chapter six. There. So, guys, if you're listening today and um, just just giving you a bit of an overview of what's coming ahead, because the whole theme this whole week is called hard sayings. And uh, when I thought of the topic, Pastor Joseph, yeah, there are things in the Bible that when you read it on surface level or first time through, it can kind of come across a bit confronting. Or hang on, did Jesus really mean that? Did he really say uh, the things? You know, when we read it, kind of. Um, um, for the first time. So we here at Faith FM and the rest of our team, we're going to do our best to unpack some of these hard sayings and hopefully um, bring a bit more clarity to um, uh, some of these things that Jesus say. But let's not make no mistake about it because our theme this week is hard sayings and radical teachings of Jesus. You know, I love that word, Pastor Joseph, because when I hear radical, yeah, radical is something that's not normal. It's not in the ordinary, when, when someone is considered radical, they are perhaps over the top. They are perhaps even, dare I say, extreme. And so, yeah, Jesus was looked at as some of his contemporaries as extreme. And so we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount just last week and just some of the biblical principles that Jesus um, brings out. You know, for Jesus's um, audience, th- that was radical to love your enemies, you know, to, um, you know, to, um, you know, if, if the law said this, Jesus says, but hang on, I'm saying this to you. And so Jesus was definitely a revolutionary, um, teacher and not just a teacher, obviously, but he said things that were very radical. He was very divisive. And, you know, I often think about that, Joseph, because sometimes, uh, you know, for me, uh, obviously as a Christian and yourself, Pastor Joseph, we often think when we read the Bible that, that what we think is okay, Jesus would think is okay. Mm. And what we, think is uh, what we agree, you know, uh, that Jesus would be in sync with that. But, you know, to kind of, um, when I really think about it, maybe if Jesus was living in 2021, Joseph, he may have been, he may be saying things right now if he was living today that even perhaps for us, we would as pastors and leaders and, you know, followers of Jesus, maybe it would make us step back and really, you know, really assess what he's saying. Because it's easy to read it in the Bible and, oh, yeah, he said it to them back then. But, you know, what if you were living today? Certainly when we read what Jesus said um, in uh, in the Gospels, we find that a lot of what he said was actually directed to religious leaders. And, William, um, often he actually uh, offended, even uh, uh, at least upset uh, the religious leaders of his day. With the things that he said, so if if he was here on Earth today and speaking, he probably would be quite as direct and quite as radical, quite as um, uh, provocative with with what he would say uh, to to really even to religious leaders today yeah. as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, a lot of what we find in the Gospels, Jesus was saying was was directed to to the religious leaders of his day. Yeah. So. Um, so if you're listening in your car or you're going to be listening to this at a later time, um, you're in for a treat because um, we're going to hopefully unpack um, this idea about the golden rule. But before we jump into our main uh, content for today's show, I want to just share an article from Amazing Facts, a Christian media ministry uh, um, organization. And this title of this article is um, Books of Faith to Replace the Bible. Now, this article is written by a particular lady, Chris W. Sky. Uh, just uh, just a number of weeks ago on the Amazing Facts website. So let me just kick off the article. Repugnant, it was labelled. Constitutionally offending, denounced another description. Or how about this one? 
quote, implied religious supremacy and divisive unconstitutional secretarian <laughs> religious branding. Now, there's a mouthful there, Joseph. It might surprise you. Now, this is what the article is saying from Chris. It might surprise you to know that it is the Bible that is being characterized in such terms all by the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, otherwise known as MRFF, a non-profit organization self-described as a defender of personal religious rights. So a um, couple years ago, um, Joseph, back in May the 7th, 2019, this uh, particular organization, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, um, they filed a lawsuit on behalf of one of its member members, a U.S. Air Force veteran uh, fellow by the name of uh, James Chamberlain against a Dr. Alfred Montoya, director of the Manchester Veterans Affairs Medical Center in New Hampshire. Now, what's the big deal? Well, the target of this um, lawsuit was the Bible, one of several several items traditionally displayed on what they called, quote, the missing man table. And what it was, Joseph, was a memorial for prisoners of war and those missing in action and a well-known staple uh, quote, at military and other public forums around the nations. So since the Vietnam War, these tables have been, you know, just kind of like set up like a place to, you know, uh, remember the fallen and whatnot. So these tables, they were regularly set up to feature specific symbolism. And so there is a empty chair for, and the, the empty chair there stood for those who are not here with us. And then among the items on the table is a red rose. Um, and the rose symbolized families and loved ones. And then there was a bread plate with salt to symbolize uh, their tears. And then what this whole article is about, Joseph, what was on this table was the item in contention, which is was the Bible. And the Bible, according, uh, will represent faith in a higher power and the pledge to our country, founded as one nation under God. So what had happened was back in September 2018, um, following official approval from the hospital, the remembrance table at Manchester VA, Veteran Affairs, I believe it is, was put in place in the facilities lobby at the Northeast POW slash MIA network, a private organization dedicated to the well-being of those indicated. The Bible in the new network's display was donated, especially for this purpose, by one of its members, a veteran named uh, Herman, quote, Herc Streitberg, Streitberger, I think his name is, who survived as a POW during World War II in a German camp. He attributed his strength during his imprisonment to his faith. So there's a bit in this article, but I guess where it's going down is some people weren't happy that this Bible was there on this particular desk, on, on this, you know, um, what's it called here, the missing man table. And if I could just go a little bit down here. So they basically went to... um uh, went went to court. Here it is. So this particular in gentleman that took it, uh, you know, went to court with it. Chamber Chamberlain, um, a member of MRFF, subsequently sued, citing the unconstitutionality of the featured item and demanding that the court issue quote issue a permanent injunction requiring the removal of the said Bible. Hmm. And so there's a bit in there, but um, so. I guess what the article is trying to say is that there were some people who were super upset that the Bible was there. And I think there's a bit of relevancy. I mean, um, we live in a culture in Australia, Joseph, and people are, are somewhat, wouldn't say they're totally against religion. I mean, the average Aussie that I know and come across, but they just don't want it pushed down their throats. 
And I think there's a little bit of that here that just the mere, uh, the visibility of this particular Bible on this, um, missing man's table was sparked, you know, the, you know, sparked some very deep seated emotions from some particular people in this, uh, veteran affairs community. Um, let me go right to the bottom of the article because, um, Chris kind of, um, makes a bit of a point with regard to the Bible itself. Now, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Joseph. Uh, this last little bit here, she says, um, the truth of the matter. So basically, there are two groups on opposing sides claiming to uphold the law of the land as staunch advocates for religious liberty, which is right. And then here's her uh, personal um, her perspective. The fact of the matter is that there is an objective truth that exists in the world. The Bible is the word of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. This God is the only real God in existence, Isaiah 46. This God created the whole universe, including you. His character is the absolute. Now, by the way, with each of these statements, there's a reference, but I'll just skip the biblical references. But this is what she's saying, that this is the only real God in existence. This God created the whole universe, including you and I. His character is the absolute embodiment of love, and he has proved this by the gospel. His great purpose for you, if you believe these facts, is to tell what he did for you to everyone you you meet. Whether or not everyone likes that reality, that's what it is. One day, everyone who has ever lived on this earth will come face to face with that reality. Now, she's being a bit, she's, she's not, you know. Not mincing her words. Not mincing her words. And so this is, I guess, a personal column here. Um, and she's kind of talking about, you know, at the end of the day, she, you know, she's kind of putting it out there. The fact of the matter is that there is an objective truth that exists in the world, the Bible, the word of God. And when I, when I saw that word objective, Joseph, you know, you and I know very well in the culture which we live in in Australia, um, that word is not a very pleasant word, this idea of objective truth. You know, how can one religion be true? Let's just pick that, you know, for an example in yeah. a sentence. Um, so that's the tension we face um, in our culture is, is that at what point, where do we draw the line? You know, what, what is true? What, where do we put our absolute faith and confidence and trust in? And so for the believer, it's the Bible, it's God, it's, it's his word. That's why we have Faith FM as a ministry to help people understand this beautiful God that as revealed in scripture. But there's going to be obviously a lot of people who don't see it that way. But I like kind of like what she says here, whether or not everyone likes that reality, that's what it is. One day, everyone who has ever lived on this earth will come face to face with that reality. And she has here in parentheses 2 Corinthians 5.10. I think that talks about we all appear before the judgment seat. That's right. So she's she's being biblical with that perspective, that one day we're all going to have to um, answer for the life we've lived. Now, again, we're not trying to scare anybody that's listening tonight uh, and on your way home. But, but she's painting a picture of, of this idea that there is a a God that's that's being revealed to us. It's one thing to say, Joseph, that there is a God and He doesn't communicate, and we don't know how to, how we are to access Him or how He communicates. You know, the whole God has been revealed to us in Scripture, and even more so through the person of His Son, the the Gospel, the Good News. So, you know, I I'll probably have to agree with her on that statement. There, one day we're going to all have to come face to face with it. 
It reminds me of Philippians. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is yeah. Lord. And so, yeah, a, a, a day will come when ultimately every every human human being will have to acknowledge um, the sovereignty the sovereignty of God and uh, the fact that He is that He is ultimate. But yeah. um, what we find there, though, is yet another example of the pushback on on God and religion. I mean, the United States has generally been renowned renowned for a long time as being a country that that has been more openly re- religious, uh, more Christian, uh, certainly than Australia. And yet, uh, in that in, in incident that you're citing there, referring to where uh, these these war veterans were were so up. This particular war veteran yeah. was so upset about having the Bible on display uh, that it took such drastic action to to seek uh, yeah. through courts for it to be removed. Yeah. So we're going to have to just um, just stop that article there, but it's signs of the times, and it is. It and is. you know, it's if you know, for those of faith, whether it's Christian or not, if you have a faith, um, you know, your faith is going to get tested, and particularly in our context as Christians, um, Jesus talks a lot about uh, persecution. You look at the New Testament church, you know, they didn't just, everyone didn't just welcome their message, you know. They literally died for for the Gospels and for the message they were proclaiming to the world. And that's something for us to, to kind of remind ourselves that, yes, we're in the world, things are going to get rough, um, but, you know, Jesus has promised to be with us um, right to the very end. So, um so thanks for listening in. So we're going to just um, go to a bit of music now. But before I do that, we have a wonderful offer um, that's going um, along the lines of, of what we've been sharing uh, last week with the Sermon on the Mount. We have a world-renowned devotional book that digs into Christ's teaching on his what we call the Sermon on the Mount found in the Gospels. And we want to put that gift in your hands. It's a beautiful book called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. And if you haven't read that book, can I encourage you to pick up your phone and to text in this particular detail that I'll share with you just in a moment. The Sermon on the Mount has been called the Manifesto of the King and the Magna Carta of the Kingdom. It is the essence of the teaching of Jesus presented to his disciples. And if you're listening, we would love to put a copy of the Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings in your in your hands, and we'd like to deliver that to you. So if you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA1313 to 488 when you text that code word SA13, the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking free details. So text the code word SA13. That's the letters SA is in South Australia and the number 13. So SA13, text that to 0488-880-811 and would love to send you a copy of this amazing book. But for now, we're just going to go to some music. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Oh Lord my God When I in awesome wonder Consider all the works I hand I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy path throughout the universe displayed. 
Great thou art. That is from Lauren Daigle. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor William and Pastor Joseph Matajic, my co-host. Joseph is the General Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. And so if you're just tuning in, this week we are taking as our theme, Hard Sayings and Radical Teachings of Jesus. And our topic, particularly for today, Pastor Joseph and myself will be looking at the question, Prayer and the Golden Rule. Are they unique to Christianity? So if you're asking the question, what is the golden rule? I've heard it in other religions and I want to learn more about it. Well, you've come to the right place. (laughs) And so we're going to kick off our teaching time in our show today. Pastor Joseph, what is prayer in the golden rule? And is it unique to Christianity? What can you share with our listeners today? Thank you, William. Yeah, we're continuing our uh, journey through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, in particular, we're going to today be concentrating on uh, the the verses in Matthew chapter 7, um, the next the next section where we, we left it off after the last drive time program. Um, in particular, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll read, let me read this this whole passage now. Jesus said this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. 
and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Okay. That's the passage we're going to be looking at together today, William. And um, as I said, this is continuing um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, which he started back at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. Now we're into chapter 7, and we're, we're you know, getting near the end of his, his sermon. Um, it, it's worth, um, just before we actually look at this, this specific section, William, to, to remind everyone what the Sermon on the Mount is. This was uh, Jesus' teachings, um, a collection of his teachings, um, and in particular, it's it's his teachings about what the kingdom of heaven is, uh, okay. or um, what it, um, it, it describes the citizens of of Christ's kingdom. Right. Um, and it, it really, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is all about what are the principles of God's kingdom, and essentially they are principles that are that are uh, um, opposite to the principles of this of our society yep. of our world um, we looked at um, the fact that um, some of the principles are that, that Jesus talked about is uh, that uh, to be a, a citizen of his kingdom is about uh, loving others not not seeking revenge um, uh, giving uh, not, not seeking to, to get you know th- these are things that um, very much count countercultural actually yep so, a Sermon on the Mount, in a nutshell, is describing the principles of God's kingdom. And there are various sections to it. Uh, we looked at a Christian's character, the, the, um, which was at the, essentially the Beatitudes. Yep. Uh, we then looked at um, uh, a Christian's um, piety that talked about you know, um, giving and you know, prayer. Yep. Uh, we looked at also at... Um, the uh, the attitude that a Christian should have towards uh, to, towards others, and we're going to look at that in a little bit more as we as we go through uh, today, and also in in the next uh, couple of couple of programs. Here in this passage, uh, we find that uh, Jesus makes makes this statement where he says, "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be opened to you." And then it. Uh, yeah, it goes on and says, for everyone who does ask will receive, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Three, th- three um, commands, very similar. Yep. Ask, seek, seek, and knock. And knock, yep. Um, and um, now, immediately we're, we're, we're led to ask, well, what exactly should we be asking, seeking, and knocking for mm-hmm. well, uh, when we look at this, William, we, we're finding that um, it, it's rela- it, it, We have to read it in the context of the whole sermon, right? The, the whole sermon, um, the whole sermon on the mount that Jesus has been talking about has been describing uh, the, the, his principles for, for the kingdom. They're like the standards for his kingdom. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've we've hopefully seen by now. 
that the principles of God's kingdom, the standards of his kingdom are high, really high. Uh, it, it actually talks about the fact that um, uh, we are to love others and bless those who hate us. Uh, that's yeah. a that's a very high standard. Yep. Um, it calls us to uh, to guard our eyes from lust. Uh, it it calls us to to you know when we have you know when we've been hurt and we we have the desire for revenge to turn the other cheek. So this is this is a high standard. Um, how do we how do you live up to that? Mm. How do you how do you actually exemplify that? How do you put that into practice? And then the, the you know the conclusion that Jesus gave at the end of Matthew chapter five, he says, "Therefore, be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect." Uh, the, therefore, there is connecting it to what has gone before about loving your enemies. Uh, yep. To to be perfect or, or to like God is to actually be loving like God. Very high standard, right? Uh, as we will see um, in the next couple of programs, and you, and thanks, William, for just um, sharing a little bit what, what's coming up. Um, in the next couple of passages, it, it talks about um, that wide is the way that leads to destruction, but only narrow is the one that leads to eternal life. Um, and and then Jesus is going to go on and say, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." It, it's a it's a fairly stringent standard. Not everyone's going to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone's going to be saved. So um, the, the standards of God's kingdom are high. What am right. I getting at? I'm trying to illustrate that God's ideal is is very significant. It, it's very elevated. Yeah. And uh, and therefore it it leads us to ask, well, how can we live up to this? Which is um, precisely why Jesus then says here, ask, seek, and knock. In other words, Christ realizes the difficulty of the kingdom standards. That's why, William, he is saying to us that the secret to developing and maintaining uh, the standards of God's kingdom is by asking, seeking God's help with this. Right. Humanly, we cannot do it. We need God's help. We need God's power. Right. Okay. And that's why he's saying, ask, seek, and knock. The, the, the commands are there, and then, and then with the commands, there's also the really the promise that if we do ask, well, we will receive that that power. If we do seek, we will find the way that uh, that is the right way. Okay. Um, so, what we're finding here in, in in these commands, ask, seek, knock, really is in in other words, it, it is a call to prayer. It, it doesn't use the word here. As it, as Jesus did back in, in earlier in his sermon, in Matthew chapter six, where he, he spent considerable time teaching about prayer, including giving the Lord's Prayer, right? Right. Um, a, 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 as an example. However, he's, he's here talking about the fact that we need to keep, you know, keep asking, seeking God. And, and the way we do that is through seeking Him through, through, through prayer. Right. The other thing to, to note here is it says, you know, whoever asks will receive, whoever, uh, seeks will find. Yep. It, it sounds like anything I ask for, I'm going to get it. It, it almost <laughs> sounds like a blank check. Yeah, Lord, I'm going to ask for a um, a, a red um, a red sports BMW. Well, uh, is this what Jesus is really teaching? Uh, good question. We, we need to look at this within the context of of his sermon. He has been teaching about the principles of his kingdom. They are high standards, and he's saying that he whoever asks. How to live up to these standards is going to be granted the answer and the power to be able to live up to it. 
this is not a, not a blank check that says that we can ask for anything and, okay. and we'll receive it. We we know that that when we compare other scriptures too. By the way, William, for example. Um, uh, the apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh. They asked three times for it to be removed. Right. And it wasn't. Jesus himself said, Lord, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Okay. And it wasn't. So this is not a blank check. We're, we're not saying that whatever one asks for, whatever one asks God for something, they're just going to automatically get it. We have to, we have to be, Careful. We have to read it within context. We need to also always compare it elsewhere with Scripture. All right. And uh, when we do that, we we, we will find um, and understand an explanation. For example, uh, in First John chapter five verse fourteen, if we compare this passage for it, it says, and "This is the confidence that we have that whenever we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." You see, William, that's key. When we pray God's will. Then the promise is there that we we will receive okay. it. Um, and so, what we find here is Jesus is instructing us, commanding to ask, to seek, and 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 to knock. Um, he then gives an example. Verse nine: Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? He's asking a rhetorical question. Right. Which parent, if a child is hungry, asks for something, is, is the parent really going to give them, you know, going to deceive them and, and, and give them the opposite? The, 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 the expectation here is that a parent is not going to do this to their – a loving parent, I should say, yeah. is not going to do this to their child. And then it brings out the the point, the comparison. If you then, though you're evil, know how to good gifts give good gifts to your children, sure. how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Right. Humans generally want to give good gifts to their children, mm-hmm. and it's saying, how much more does God want to yeah. give? Okay. Um, Good gifts, and the the key here is um, it, that that um, God God will do that. Right. How much more does He want want to give give good gifts? Um, and so again, we're talking here about the fact that um, uh, God wants to to help us, but He does also want us to ask for it. Yeah. Now, um, some people might say, "Well, if God knows we need it, why do we even need to ask?" <laughs> Well, really, when as humans we ask, it means that we are seeking, we, we, we recognize our need for it. Right. And when you recognize your need, you are willing then to ex- accept, accept it. William, it's interesting that um, this example that Jesus gave here about um, if, a, if a child asks uh, for, for, for food from, from their parents, um, Jesus um, over in uh, Luke chapter 11 um, the Gospel of Luke records this um, in a slightly different way. It's a parallel passage to this one. Let, let me share this. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13 says this, So I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the, to one who knocks the door will be opened. Okay? Same words that we've just read here in Matthew chapter 7. Then it says this, What father among you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Did you get that, William? Yeah. There was the mention of the Holy Spirit there. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, here uh, it, it mentions specifically the, the Holy Spirit, and it's saying that um, if, if we um, ask, seek, and knock, we will not only receive that, but we, we, we can ask particularly for, for the, for the mm. gift, gift of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I just, and this is just a, a, a couple of thoughts that I want to share. And th- this actually comes from the book that we're, we're offering, uh, to our, re- uh, right. to our listeners, um, from the thoughts from the man of blessing. In commenting here on this uh, this passage here where in Luke it says, How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? It, it says this, The Holy Spirit, the representative of Jesus himself, is the greatest of all gifts. Wow. All good things are comprised, are comprised in this. That's awesome. The Holy Spirit is the greatest of all good gifts. So next to Jesus... The greatest gift we can have is the Holy Spirit, and we can have the Holy Spirit when we when we ask. That's exactly according right. to what Jesus is saying. Yeah. So, a couple of things that I'm hearing, Joseph. Um, so, prayer is not a blank check. It's not something we just pray, and whatever we desire, God gives it. Um, so, there's a, there has to be a context there. We pray according to God's will, as you mentioned, First John uh, chapter five, I think. Yes, and um, and I also see in that verse eleven. You know, Jesus is appealing to the to our sympathies. Uh, any loving, any parent would give want to give the best to their children. So Jesus is almost kind of appealing to his audience on a human level. If you are evil, I'm not saying they are. He was, you know, categorizing them as evil people, but he was kind of appealing to them. You know, I like to think of it as as fallen as as we are. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. we still love our kids. We want to give the best. But we're in, we're imperfect. Yep. yep. Jesus says that the our heavenly Father was more than willing to give good things to those who ask Him. So, so for our listeners, um, there is an invitation for us. Doesn't matter who we are, who you are listening to this show. Um, if your desire is to know God and to be filled with God's Spirit, hey, that's something that mm. Jesus wants to answer. Exactly right. So. So it's a good thing to, to know that when we're thinking about prayer and God, um, Joseph, that there is an invitation to ask, you know, just as we have children and our children come up to us when they, when they're in need, when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they, you know, whatever. Kids are just innocent, vulnerable, you know, uh, uh creatures. If I could use that word. Mm. <laughs> and in some ways, that's our relationship with our, how God wants us to have a relationship with Him. Exactly right. And, and so it, it really, uh, addressing the, 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 um, the source of how to have power, uh, in the Christian life. Um, why is it that we don't seem to have as much of an impact in our society? Why, you know, why is it that, you know, sometimes we can say, I'm not sure that I can actually do this, whatever. Maybe it's because we are not actually asking. And, um, the way we're asking, and it's, Notice, notice how it, it puts it here. Ask, seek, mm. knock. Uh, the, the those commands actually, William, in the original language, are um, the, the tense of them is such that it's not just a one-off right, ask. Okay, it, it's it's what's called um, um, continuous. So we are to ask and keep on asking. Okay, um, so it's not a one-off. Well, I've asked for the Holy Spirit. I've asked for God, <laughs> and that was five, ten years ago, and nothing's happened. It has to be a continuing. Uh, experience 
That's right. Yeah, to ke- to keep on asking, keep on seeking. It, it's is it, it's not not a once off, not an occasional thing to ask for Jesus to help us to stop using foul language, or occasionally to pray to share right. the gospel, or to stop lusting. Um, you know, to be able to live up to these standards. No, it's not a one off. It, it's a constant asking, not 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 a begging. It's a it, it's it's where we realize we're constantly reliant on God to give us that power to do that. So we need to pray persistently and. Uh, William, we need to pray in faith, and we saw that already, didn't we? That you know, we need to ask according to to God's will, um, and to to believe that, and um, and uh, and that's why what's important. And so, um, faith faith is increased as we live in God's word, as we walk with those who are strong in faith, and as we ask God God for it. Well, that sounds. Awesome, uh, Pastor Joseph. We're going to have to take a very quick break, break, but before we do that, we just want to offer that uh, book to our listeners. Um, if you're tuning in right now or at a later uh, date, um, we would like to put the book Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings in your hands as a gift to you. In, and for those who don't know this book, it is a world-renowned devotional book that digs into Christ's teaching in his famous Sermon on the Mount uh, uh, discourse that you find in the Gospels there. And so we want to make that offer available to you, free of charge, no strings attached. If you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA13 to 04-88-880811. So that's 04888. There's too many eights in here, Joseph. <laughs> let, let me do it this way. 04 I'll say that one more time. Text SA13 to 04-888-808-11 and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So please text that SA13 to 04-888-808-11 and we would love to give you a copy of the book Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. So we're going to go to some music now. Please uh, enjoy the music by Carly Fletcher. Love one another. You're listening to Faith FM.
One Another by Carly Fletcher. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with myself, Pastor William Mawala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich. Pastor Joseph is the General Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. We're taking as our theme this week, Hard Sayings and Radical Teachings of Jesus. And if you're just tuning in, we've been unpacking the question, Prayer and the Golden Rule, Are They Unique to Christianity? So, Pastor Joseph... Um, why don't you pick us up just before the break? Um, you were breaking down, uh, that text there in Matthew 7, uh, talking about, um, if, you know, if we are evil as parents, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more willing is our Heavenly Father to give good things to those who love Him? So, um, yeah, why don't you, uh, take us to that next step of, um, this idea of prayer and the golden rule? Thank you, William. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at, uh, Matthew chapter 7. Verses seven, seven to twelve. Uh, this section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and uh, it, this section really is describing a Christian's relationship, okay. uh, or relationships, I should say, Christians' relationships, um, relationship, uh, the two main relationships, relationships to to others, and a relationship also to to, to God, and um, we've looked at the fact that um, what uh, it's. What Jesus is teaching here is how to grow in uh, kingdom character. Okay. The Sermon on the Mount is describing the principles of God's kingdom. And this one is telling us how we can grow in that. And to grow in that, we need to ask, need to seek, need to knock. For, uh, we, we need to desire uh, from God to give us that power. And okay. the promise is that if we do ask, he will uh, He will give that to us. He, he, he will give us the Holy Spirit, which is the ultimate source of power. Praise God. And so that's 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 what we need. we need to we need to pray for it. Uh, we need to pray persistently and we need to pray pray in faith. Then, then Jesus makes this statement in verse 12. Matthew 7, verse 12. He says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Okay. Uh, William, this, this, uh, this verse often, uh, we often expressed or summarized as do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. Is referred to as the Golden, golden rule. rule. Now that term, golden rule, um, it, it's not actually found in scripture, right? Right. But that's what we call the golden rule. Okay. This, 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 um, uh, this teaching that. That's right. Yep. This verse, Matthew seven twelve, um, is uh, the golden rule. It's an it's a name given to a principle that Jesus is teaching here. Okay. And um, it's. Um, Interesting, as we look at this, uh, as we look at the, 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 this verse, um, we, we need to, again, look at it in the context of the whole Sermon on the Mount, right? Um, we, um, we, yeah, we need to just uh, consider this uh, because the golden rule gives us a standard by which naturally selfish people can actually gauge, gauge their actions, Actually, actively treat others the way that they themselves like to be treated. Okay. The golden rule, uh, or this expression, "do unto others as you'd have them do unto you," um, it's um, it's something that um, is, is really interesting because um, Jesus says that when we do this, 
it'll sum up the law and the prophets, which is really significant. Um, he is basically saying that um, the whole teaching of Scripture um, is is summed up in this. Yep. Um, it reminds us of um, a couple of things. It reminds us of uh, the great commandment. Jesus him was on one occasion asked. Remember? Yeah. Uh, this the is greatest in, commandment. Yeah. That's right. In Matthew chapter twenty-two, we find that, and he said, "The greatest is to number one, first love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Yes. And the second is like unto it to love your neighbour as, as yourself. yourself. Yes. And he said, on these two hang all the law and the, the prophets. prophets. And when you look at the the ten commandments, the ten commandments essentially um, talk about the first four describe our love to God, and the last six describe our love to to fellow humanity. Um, And so uh, what Jesus is describing here is a summary of that, if you like. Uh, It's actually um, also an echo of what is stated back in the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 19, um, there is is this passage that says, Do not seek revenge or bear grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. the interesting thing now, uh, William, is that um, the, the golden rule, people uh, generally will say, well, the golden rule is found across all uh, lots of other um, uh, faiths and, yes. um, uh, yeah, uh, other, other um, ethical, uh, ethical groups have it. So um, pe- people say it's actually not unique to Christianity. Right. It's it's not unique just to the Bible. We find it in other moral teachings. Uh, other um, moral teachers p- teachers have expressed it. Um, for example, Confucianism says this: "Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you." Mm. Hinduism has has this uh, teaching: "This is the sum of duty." Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism has this teaching. Hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Um, does that sound like the golden rule? It certainly does. It, it, it sort of does, but um, let, let's, let's remind ourselves. The golden rule, Jesus said, do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, for example, the one from Buddhism says, "Hurt not others that you yourself would find." So it's hurtful. almost like, um, almost in a negative. Ah, well uh, done. Sense. Well, that's exactly right. And here's the here's the here's here's a difference. Here's a difference. Um, these sayings, Confucianism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Are similar to Golden Rule, but they are stated negatively. Oh, okay, and they rely on on the pat on being passive, right? Um, for example, okay. Um, so, so Christianity is do, and and what these other variants is do not do. So almost implying, like you said, um, not to do something, almost like standing back somewhat. That's exactly almost it. like yeah. uh, limiting oneself to what actions you can do. You know, almost like saying don't do this, whereas. Jesus is saying, you know, do to others as you would have them to do to you. And, and you know, William, you think about this, which is easier? Easier to not, just to not, not do something to someone or to actually go out of your way 
and um, proactively yeah. do things for them. Do you see that? Yeah. Which is easier. Yeah. The easier is the is the negative prohibition yeah. to not just to, to avoid something. Because Jesus is do, which implies action. It's a verb. The not do is just, like you said, be passive. That's it. So if someone did something, you don't do this. So almost is the, yeah, I think that's the big differentiation exactly right yeah is jesus saying do to others which is which is why you know when we go again to uh, matthew 22 where jesus talked about um summing up the the greatest commandment um here you know the the, the ten commandments he says you shall not you shall not you shall not and jesus puts it into a into a positive and he says love the lord your god and love love your neighbor yeah as yourself that's a, that's that's putting it into the positive and into the proactive. You know, I, I wish, Pastor Joseph, when we're talking like this, I have a lot of family and um, relatives who are not um, Seventh Day Adventist Christians, and this topic gets obviously um, brought up, discussed. Yeah, you know, you Seventh Day Adventists are keeping the law. You're under the old covenant and all this type of um, uh, thinking. But when, what we're really trying to say. As Seventh-day Adventist believers, the truest way you love, express, is by loving obedience. Yeah, I know that's yeah. a bit of a dirty word in many Christian circles. This idea of obeying somehow conjures up this meaning that this idea that you're working your way into heaven. But it's furthest from the truth. It's, Jesus, it's at the very heart of what Jesus is right. about. Yeah. So here is Jesus saying, do to others. Jesus is saying, uh, live out your faith. Um, the same way you want to be treated, treat others. And, and so, uh, Jesus is, so I think what you're saying is, uh, Joseph, golden rule, not necessarily unique to Christianity because there are other, uh, similar, uh, teachings in, you know, in Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism and, and whatnot. But what you're saying is there's a difference on the emphasis. It's a, yes. Christian, yes. Christ, Jesus is saying do to others, yep. implying, you take the first step. You treat people. You take the initiative. Don't sit back and wait for something to happen and then you react a particular way. And this is what God does. He yeah. comes to us. He's inviting us to relationship. And here is Jesus' classic teaching on on how we live our lives um, due to others as we'd have. Because it, it sounds so simple, but it's so profound, Joseph. I mean, if we all live that rule, you know, we wouldn't be going around doing half the things that we see on the nightly news, people being assaulted, abused, killed, murdered. You know, we wouldn't want that on our on our own family, let alone ourselves. And yet we're living in a culture where this is, you know, principles of the Bible and Christianity and, you know, is basically um it's not being disregarded. Practiced. Yeah, disregarded. Yeah, yeah. And William, you know, just on that, when we're we're, we're looking at, um, you know, if I can just throw this very quickly, this, this golden rule, um, it's um, it, some have accused uh, Jesus of actually borrowing the idea of the golden rule from Eastern religions. Right. However, the texts for Confucianism, Hinduism, Buddhism that we cited up just before were all written. Um, uh, between 500 and 400 BC at the earliest, Jesus takes the golden rule from Leviticus, which was written about wow. 1400 BC. Yeah. So his source for the golden rule predates any of the, these okay. other ones. Um, and so, 
yeah, the, the, the golden rule is not something that was taken from uh, other moral uh, teachings there whatsoever at, at all, William. And um, really, you know, l- let me um, you know make this point here uh, that with the golden rule. Um, Again, that, that great book that we're giving away, it says this about the golden rule. It is a principle of heaven. Beautiful. It is a principle of heaven. And then uh, one last thought. When those who profess the name of Jesus will practice the principles of the golden rule, the same power will attend the gospel as in apostolic times. Wow. There it is. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, Pastor Joseph, I apologize, but our time is up, and uh, we'll just feel like we're just diving into this beautiful teaching from Jesus on Sermon on the Mount, uh, Prayer and the Golden Rule. So um, we're going to have to just stop it right there. Looks like our time is up. Thank you to my co-host, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich. I am Pastor William Mawala, and you've been listening to Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when our good friends Nick Creta and Eric Hall spend the entire time tomorrow discussing the question, is salvation easy or hard? You won't want to miss that uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock, um, Adelaide time. So we really look forward to seeing you then. But until then, please remember the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he leaves us with these words. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you. 